Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday, Law and Gospel, on this September the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. How you doing, Wes? Uh, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Oh, fine. No problem at all. And we're just... <laughs> I said, no problem at all, and we're just dealing with getting these uh, items on our programs. This one that you sent me is kind of interesting. The top 10 most seductive, unbiblical ideas embraced by Americans. Tell a little bit about how this came about. Well, uh from a couple of weeks ago on your Wednesday broadcast, you talked about uh, some faith issues. And I started going and looking on the Internet and, and uh, researched an article, other article that we were doing, and I ran across this one from American Christian University that uh, talked about some of the problems that or issues that we see Americans going into. You notice it says by Americans, so it includes Christians and and unbelievers alike. It kind of gives you a composite idea of what people are thinking about, which to me, as as I sent it to you, is the, the need for just our hometown missions and evangelism witnessing that we need to see ongoing in America. Uh, Yes. In fact, they have a chart where each of these 10 seductive, unbiblical ideas are noted, and the chart indicates all adults, what they say, and then there's a second part, but those who have a biblical worldview, here's what they say. And there's no doubt that a lot of times the biblical worldview certainly outclasses what all adults believe. The trouble is there's not that many that they really talk to with a biblical worldview. Right. Well, do you see that as somewhat that we haven't been educating our, our youth enough in the Bible? Yeah, there's no doubt about that, that youth are going to churches where they don't talk about the Bible stories. I've had adults in my adult instruction class who, well, one didn't know who David and Bathsheba was. And I said, you never even saw the movie? <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. No, that 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 is a broad problem too. I've occasionally run into it, but those are people that have been raised in other than Christian cultures, or or their families. Well, just no, never he was raised in a Christian. He was raised in a Christian culture. Really, he attended a church that didn't talk about Sunday school stuff. Oh my goodness! That's why we do the Concordia Publishing House on issues, etc. There's Sunday school material every uh, Tuesday when possible. Last week we had to do it Wednesday because there was a problem with their equipment. But at any rate, 
that gives a really good idea to the students about what the Bible teaches. Now, I oh, found yeah. that the first seductive unbiblical view is interesting. It is the idea that having faith matters more than what faith you have. Now, how do you respond to that? Well, first, I would say the great misconception is the use of the word faith. Uh, remember a number of years ago, we, we talked about it and, and, uh, a fellow by the name of Alan Smith, Dr. Alan Smith called us and said, you know, you have to be careful of the use of the word faith, uh, that in the Bible, it, it refers to faith that we have in, in, in Christ or faith that is given to us by God. And, uh, it should be the difference between religions, God's religion, man's religion, and you get a better idea because uh, it's, it's an unbiblical faith, I guess you would say, a world faith that says that things matter versus the faith that you have in Christ. Well, the article indicates that that means that your faith is what guides you through life and it's what comforts you. And it doesn't matter if it's Christianity or whatever, as long as you have some trust in something, then that's better than having no faith at all. Well, it it, it also bespeaks of a certain amount of of uh, self-righteousness or work righteousness that, that uh, your faith is something that you can work on. Well, there's no doubt about it that those who said having faith matters more than what faith you have. So there are those who belong to religions where infidels are to be killed. That's the faith they have. Is that better than having no faith? <laughs> well, it, it, it's a faith in a, in a false god. It's, it's, yes. uh, it's something that's, that's set upon a, a different world, world view. That's why I say faith, uh, that, that we talk about from the Bible is a faith that is given to us in Christ. And they're talking about uh, a religion that, that that talks about a false god and and uh, um, work righteousness. Yes. Then the second one is that all faiths are of equal value. Now, how do we understand the word value? <laughs> well, it, it it would be a support of of uh no no one is better than the other so to speak that there there are well, that's what they're the talking about faith no one is better than right. the other but equal value in my view means that what you get from it there's no difference between the various faiths they're all of equal value 
like when you get buy something at the store and you say, boy, that was of equal value to something else that you had bought before. It means that it works the same way and it's very helpful to you. And so to say that a faith is of equal value means that the results of it are going to be beneficial to you. Mm. And using what you just said about Christianity, there's no way that there is any other faith that is of equal value than is Christianity. Yeah, because you have to sit down and take a look at at how they uh, achieve heaven or salvation or uh, some type of goodness that's out there. Yes. They, they also believe in karma. This is rooted in Eastern religions that uh, what comes around comes around. You get what you deserve. Now, they like to think you get what you give. But karma, for example, if a typhoon or a bad weather hits a farm, then people, there must be something wrong with that farmer. He's getting what he deserves. That's karma. Is, is that karma then uh, when, when a uh, pedophilia takes and abuses a child? Yes, you can use all kinds of examples to show that these things are ridiculous. They love postmodernism because they dismiss absolute truth. Now, what's absolute truth? Well, an absolute truth would be that uh, that idea is 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 a complete value. Uh, is rock solid, solid yes. foundation. Exactly. And they don't believe there is such absolute truth because they don't believe there's any evidence for God, for example. And of course, in a evolutionary lifestyle, there's no need for God because everything just came about by chance. And so the yeah. absolute truth is denied. Yeah, what I'd written in the notes there is it takes away the value of, 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 the, of the Bible where Jesus himself says, thy word is truth. Well said, yes, that the scriptures make it clear. In fact, this uh, recently we have this uh, reading from the scripture um, where the angel Gabriel goes to Zechariah and tells him about the birth of John the Baptist coming up. And Zechariah doesn't believe it. He says, how can that happen? My wife is too old. And Gabriel says, wait a minute. I am the angel of the Lord speaking for God. And God told me to give you this good news. But because you don't believe, you will be mute until the birth of your son, John. And that's what the Bible is. It's God speaking to us. And therefore, if you don't listen to that, your life is not going to be full. You will not be contented. And that, of course, you know, we, we teach him in catechism, 
the natural knowledge of, of God where he puts into us uh, that ability to to uh, know that there is a God. And then, of course, what you just referred to is the revealed knowledge of God, of God who is, who is and who, who has done for us in, yes. in the world. Yeah, the next one is really interesting. A commitment to personal subjective morality. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, subjective, it, it means uh, whatever I make it out to be. And uh, in particular, they're probably talking about the sexual mores that, that we see going on in our society that if we live together and it's uh, without marriage, it's okay because it's between us and it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, in light of that marriage, also, sexual relations apart from marriage are morally acceptable. That's interesting. Uh, all adults, 74% said yes, whereas among those who have a biblical worldview, 77% said no. So that's kind of interesting. Well, it, it comes back to what's your foundational principle, you know? Yes. Uh, we, we, we got that, that line we put in on a page straight up and down. You got man's side, you got God's side. And man's side is, is some more values that I, I think it should be versus the foundational principle of what God says in his word. Yes. The next one is interesting. People are basically good. Boy, that was 69% of adults agree with that. 71% of biblical people disagree. Now, you see this in movies all the time where people are good and then these detectives come across a terrible murder and they can't understand how is that possible? I mean, what, what was wrong with this person? And they think he must have had a psychological illness or something without realizing that a lot of that comes out of what we call original sin. Original sin. And there again, we're back to the Gospel of John where Jesus refers to the devil as the father of all lies. And, you know, that's, it, 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 it reverts back to the garden where, where mankind fell into sin. Right. 75% of those surveyed adults say that people are not born into sin and therefore do not need to be saved by Jesus Christ. How can they get that idea? Well, it, it, there again, this false religion is, is to feel good about themselves, so to speak, and that, that gets them into that frame of, of, of reference. Yes, they, that, that comes really from their experience. When they see a newborn baby, you almost always hear, 
Oh, isn't he or she beautiful? What a wonderful baby you have. And nobody ever says, boy, they need to be saved by Jesus Christ because they're a sinner. And so it's from their experience that they think it's impossible for a child to be born into sin. You know, I'm getting ready to write back to some uh, uh, some parents that, that told me that I made a difference in their child's uh, catechism. And I have to remind them that uh, it all started the day that they brought their child to, to uh, church for baptism. Yes. And gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and then through their taking them to church to worship, to hear the Word of God, Sunday school, VBS, learn the stories about the Bible that uh, that has made a difference in, in uh, that child's faith. Yes, I've had much experience in teaching youth confirmands, and that's really different than teaching adult confirmands. I can't remember. Can you when you're teaching those kids who are in grades seven and eight, of ever them, now they've been baptized children and they're in the congregation, of ever any of them disagreeing with what I'm saying, saying, oh, that's ridiculous, that can't be true. Have you ever had a kid in grade seven or eight say that to you in confirmation? Oh. No, not at all. In fact, uh, it, it is very much what you talk about. And they're like sponges because you start asking them questions and the, or letting them ask you questions of stuff that goes on at the, the school and the world around them. And they marvel at uh, at uh, what God has to say. And, and the reason that they're so enthralled by hearing the message is they have the Holy Spirit in them from their baptism. And so the Holy Spirit is guiding them to believe what they are hearing simply because the Bible says it. And that's what makes all the difference. Oh, makes tremendous difference. In this student's case, uh, he went on to to university, but uh, when he was in confirmation, they had brought him into my adult Sunday morning class that class and he I'd ask a question or somebody would ask a question in there and he gave a three minute response and they all looked at each other and said, Where did he learn that? And he says, Oh, we learned that in confirmation last week. Yep. Yep. Now success is interesting. Seventy nine percent of all adults say success is about happiness, fulfillment, good health, higher consciousness goodness or productivity, 79%. Whereas among Christians, 82% disagree with that. And when you read what unbelievers think about success, namely good health and productivity, you can understand why they now have laws that a doctor can put to death. In other words, murder an older person who does not have good health and is no longer productive. Right. Well, and it also goes in with a, a view of, again, of evolution where, you know, the survival of the fittest. 
That's a good point. Yes, a lot of people don't really realize that survival of the fittest really fits. And yet when it comes to other areas of life, they kind of forget about evolution. But that's another point that we can make. So the most trusted personal source of moral guidance is something other than the Bible. 69% of adults say that. 71% of those who have a biblical worldview disagree with that. So where do they get the source of moral guidance? They get it from themselves. They pick up a good magazine to read. You get these uh, uh, fly-by-night uh, preachers on the radio, on the TV set that, that says that uh, God's waiting for you to, if you just uh, work your way to heaven for for better things. The Joel scenes of the world. Yes, in other words. They look to their emotional self, their own spirit, and they make up their own morality. Whatever makes them feel good, they think is mortal uh, or moral. You, you know, you, you you talk about it, it's kind of like on TV where, you know, uh, somebody's having an emotional experience and they did something good and they're going, my grandfather and grandmother are looking down from heaven and, and it's just so proud of what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah, that kind of ridiculous nonsense. I was watching a movie where this policeman was having an affair with a police woman. And what happened, his daughter got addicted to heroin, ended up in the hospital. And after having some talks with her, he realized that his relationship with this other policewoman was wrong. And therefore, he went back to his wife and left uh, the policewoman as his girlfriend. Now, that had nothing to do with God, but it was also what he thought would be best for his life because he was having really traumatic experiences, psychological hurts because of his daughter being on heroin. Well, I I know a pastor that counsels with with a married couple once, and uh, he'd had an affair, and he he was going to say his marriage was all over, but his wife and and kids surrounded him and say, no, it's not. You you need to come back and be a part yeah. of the family, and it was through the, the forgiveness, confession of sins, and absolution that brought that uh, brought uh, a lot of that back together again. So this survey really helps us to understand why we have a lot of nuns. Would you explain that? Well, nuns are N-O-N-E-S that don't ascribe to any particular uh, religion, but a belief somewhere out there in God. And this survey gives us a, a kind of a broad landscape of what's going on out there. In other words, the God of the Bible is simply unnecessary. Yes. And what a tremendous opportunity we have 
to go out there and, and, and speak about the necessity of God and the salvation that, that we find in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We find, though, that this message we have works best on those who have been hit by sin or in kind of real problems, and they need a way out, and there is no way out with their personal views. Uh, do you know where one of the greatest places is for people coming to faith? Where is that? Prisons. Well, yes, we we have yeah. prison ministry right here in our district where we where we send. And the reason we do a chaplain really has a great opportunity. The prisoner a lot of times recognizes, boy, he's jailed. Uh, he can't go anywhere. He's lost his freedoms. He's really demoralized. And the message of Jesus Christ can make quite a difference for that. And we've had a number of individuals who have come to faith as prisoners. Pastor friend of mine that's a chaplain, you're, you're describing exactly what he, he would talk about in terms of them coming and knowing about their sin and, and knowing yep. that the only way out is Jesus. Yes. And that comes about because the chaplain says the message as though he is Gabriel sent by God to tell them the truth and the Holy Spirit gives them faith to believe these words. Okay, thanks so very much. Another good article, namely how much of the world in the United States have unbiblical ideas against the Bible. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, it's Open Mic Friday. You can email me if you have a question about today or anything else. Till then... God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.